Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I'm one of your hosts, Josiah, from Caterpillar Mom Plays. And I'm your other host, Hillhouse, from the Big Love Club. And we are here to bring you about a week and a half of new news. It's not much new news. And I like how I refer to it as new news. But um, we're just going to catch up to speed with some of the biggest stories and um, some of the more minor stories, too. I feel like there's some stuff that kind of could have been swept under the rug that I want to touch on. But if you're familiar with our show, we always talk about games that we've played in the last week. And to be honest, I think we both talked before the show and said that we haven't really played much this week. No. Um, mm. But I did. I have been trying to like do my daily challenges with like um, Fortnite uh, just enough to... I, I don't know. See how high I can get on the battle pass. Yeah. Um, but I do <laughs> I do have to say they were hyping up a in-game event, like another uh, artist being featured. Yeah. And when they revealed it as Ariana Grande, I do I do have to say that I was very surprised that she agreed to do the game. And they've they've had very big names in the game. Oh yeah. But they've had names that you feel like could try to associate themselves with gaming and i don't feel like i've ever seen her associate herself with gaming because um even to the minor degree you could say things like oh well travis scott isn't a gamer or something well like i'm sure that at some point he probably had an instagram post with a playstation 4 controller in his hand or something you know i just don't see ariana grande ever (laughs) even doing that (laughs) so it's just interesting for a a public figure that you don't think wants to associate herself with an industry than taking part with it. It makes me more wonder how much money Fortnite threw at her because she's not someone that's struggling. They've been partnering oh, with at a all. bunch of like they've been partnering with a bunch of like up and coming artists and stuff and things that more help the artist than anything. But this may this um, may also have something to do with the fact that she's now a judge on The Voice. So this may be a tie-in to that. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everything, they, every partnership they do, it has a tie-in. Like, oh, there yeah. Was a leak about And you'd almost be foolish, a- though, not to as an artist. You'd almost be, <laughs> with Fortnite and the craze that goes on with them doing this and the the mm-hmm. uh, the exposure that these people get, because uh, some of them get new fans out of this and new exposure that they normally wouldn't have got. And uh, I, I think it's a smart move. You'd, you'd be almost foolish not to do this if you were an artist. Right. And when they have smaller artists featured, um, it helps the artists because people probably hadn't heard of them before. But the handful of artists that people have heard of before, and there's no way you hadn't heard of them, it is a constant meme that you can now say that it's so-and-so from Fortnite. Like when Travis Scott was first featured, yeah, everyone now yeah. refers to him as Travis Scott from Fortnite. Uh, then when they added the LeBron James skin, it's like, oh, it's LeBron James. That's that guy from Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of messed up. <laughs> I think she's she's now in that hand, that one hand of five like people that like their fame exceeded the featuring in Fortnite before they were there. And um, it, it, it's... It's interesting. And it's also interesting is the way they have it set up. They have it set up for RSVP. There's like five days where you can watch the event and you have to select the day that you want. And they have different time slots and different countries, which is really weird for me. I'm wondering if they would somehow fill up or if they really just want to know 
like ahead of time how busy the servers are going to be. It's a really interesting yeah. system. I'm wondering if it's completely artificial just to make people feel like they need to watch when they choose. Gives um, it more of that concert yeah, kind of feel too, you know? Like you have yeah, to, and that's you what know, I'm wondering. you're hoping you can like get an, to see that show on that time at that date. Right. It's one of those things where if you give a newspaper away for free, people don't see value in it. But if you sell it for a dime, they keep it, you know? Um <laughs> I'm wondering if the RSVP feature is a way of making people not only remember when it is to attend it, but also like have that feeling of, oh, this is what I took the time to select and I can set an alarm on my phone for it. And that also plays into maybe the possibility that Ariana Grande wouldn't have agreed to it with very low turnout maybe she like had something in her claws that it had to be like the biggest um Fortnite event to that point you get what i'm saying where like it was she was paid so much to do it but like they would have to pay her x amount more if it w- didn't exceed the attendance of the uh, travis scott or any other event or something like that so uh that that would be interesting um if there's something in there about that but with the uh Epic Games and Fortnite lawsuit. We've seen so much revealed behind the scenes about how much they are dealing with not only celebrities, but big companies for promotions and stuff. Some of it's really cool and some of it, like, we still haven't seen. Like, um, there's still supposed to be a Dwayne Johnson skin at some point because that was in the lawsuit. (laughs) And um, we don't know when that's going to release. It's I thought it may have released with this new Disney film that he's in, but um, it's not out right now. So Which I'm is, wondering uh, what the next big thing he has. From is. what I understand is um, got it on pretty good authority is not the greatest of movies. I mean, it looks like a B movie. It looks like something for kids. It's so, it's like, definitely not up there with, you know, like Jumanji or anything like that. It's not even right. that good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a movie Jumanji guy, is, but uh, I, I have somebody who is and, <laughs> If they say it's no good, trust me, it's a right. crapo. I think it's when I saw the ad, I saw like an ad for it on TikTok. I think that its target audience was more like 10 years old. And Jumanji, I think, has a target audience of like as broad as they can get between six and like 18. <laughs> you know, it's trying to get like all of the kids because they'll put enough edgy jokes and stuff into Come it. Come see the movie, bring your babysitter. Right. <laughs> this one this one being made by Disney, it's not just because it's made by Disney, but it's under the Disney umbrella, like not even it's not under Touchstone or anything like that. It's under the Disney umbrella, so like it's obviously already aimed at a younger audience. But anyway, it the skin didn't come out for the Fast and Furious nine, which I think he was in. I don't know. Is he dead in that franchise? I'm not I'm who, I haven't kept up with it. Who uh uh <laughs> The Rock in Fast and Furious. I know he was in Hobbs and Shaw, but um, I don't know if he was in F9. He has to be in F9. John Cena's in F9. (laughs) I'm not sure. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I am looking forward to that event. I'm interested in what they're going to do, especially with the fact that you have to RSVP for it. I picked the last day that it was available, so everything will be already public at that point. But I will still try to attend it and see like 
how the experience is. I was really impressed with the last one they did. I forget the name of the artist, but it was super trippy and it was super cool. I really liked that one. And that one actually added a layer of creativity that I feel like the band didn't. Uh, it's not that they didn't have it, but it allowed the band to have more creativity than just music. Yeah, and I thought that was pretty cool. Like it not only assisted the band in getting known, but it actually assisted the artistic side of that artist. So I would like to see if Ariana Grande gives me like an, a similar feeling where I don't see her doing artistic things. And if this thing is like super trippy and like on another level, then I'll, I'll be like, okay, I can respect that. You're not just the person that sampled the sound of music and made a trap beat out of it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, would, I would like to see what uh, she agrees to. Because even if you say, like, what the final product is, it has nothing to do with her. Like, they had a team of animators and, like, designers and directors to do this type of experience. Um yeah, I mean, still, she agreed to do it. She still had to approve of it. So, I mean, at some point, you still have st- still have a little bit of... Yeah, she um, had to put her stamp on what's it. What's the word? Yeah, that's it. You put your stamp on it. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about games I played this week. Uh, it's more of what I am looking forward to. I still want to download Blinks now that it has released because we talked about it last week. Yeah. And I'm still excited about that because, like... There's this nostalgic feeling about playing games that were on the original Xbox. I really like uh, Grab by the Ghoulies. That one takes me back. Uh, that is in Rare Replay. And there's also um, Voodoo Vince, which is not... I don't think it's in Game Pass, surprisingly. I don't know why it's not. But Voodoo Vince Remastered is usually pretty cheap on the Microsoft Store. And that one is a quality platformer. And I've never played Blinks. And I'm pretty excited about checking it out and like traveling back in time again like 20 something years (laughs) yeah and checking that out because there's a difference between traveling back to nes days and traveling back to um the generation that came right after 3d because when you travel back to n64 and ps1 and um what is it the sega saturn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you travel back to that time period, you have such a primitive form of 3D space that you're playing in. Because it was like the first time they were doing that. It was the first time that game developers stopped going left and right. They had to work in a 3D space. And a lot of it was just experimenting with that idea. So it's still really impressive that games like Resident Evil came out in that generation. And uh, Metal Gear Solid came out in that generation. But the generation after that with the GameCube, Xbox, and PS2 is like where they were just like, okay, we got this shit and we have better equipment now. And that one is like everyone was comfortable with what they were doing is kind of what I felt off of it. And so it's a lot it's a lot less clunky. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like It isn't like, hey, I'm going to play some classic video games and pretend I'm not getting frustrated with the controls. <laughs> <laughs> the PS2, Xbox... GameCube generation didn't have that feeling for me where you have to like look past a bunch of tank tank controls and stuff Uh, because there's great games from the previous generation that are hard to play just because of the controls. And I'll put Resident Evil on there and I'll put Turok on there. Turok is rough because Turok was meant to be played with um, 
the N64 controller that has like 20 buttons on it. And it's really hard to emulate that on controllers with like 12 buttons on it. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that being said, I'm pretty excited to play that game. But that, that's about all I have for like on the horizon of what I'm playing. You got anything to talk about with that? Uh, the only thing that I'm looking these? forward to is is New World dropping in on August 31st. I stopped playing a bunch of the beta just because I was having so much fun and becoming so enamored with it. I didn't want to be didn't want any of it to be spoiled. You know what I mean? Later on, I want it to be uh, fun and exciting and new and fresh to me so that, you know, the boss fights are are new and fun. Um, there are some people uh, that I know that did uh, put hundreds of hours into it. Uh, so, you know, they, they've given me kind of a leg up as to what <laughs> I need to do and what I should start doing. Um, it's going to have a very, um, uh, they've actually blended some of the, uh, servers together, uh, to make bigger realms. And I think that's going to be a huge benefit to it also, because these things are going to have a living, breathing economy <laughs> when it's all said and done. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing, man. I don't know if you checked, if you were able to check out any of the streams that I did when I was playing it, but. Just no. the housing alone that you can buy mm -hmm. um, is just so cool, man. And you could also, people can put their houses up once they decorate them. They can put them up so that you can go in and view and get an idea of what you can do. So it's, it's going to be really cool. The battles, the wars between different cities that are actually people, uh, uh, from what I understand, it's supposed <laughs> to be about 150 to 150. Yeah, it's going to be enormous. I, I just think it's funny that you say that people put hundreds of hours of it in and it's like, has it only been out for like a thousand hours? <laughs> oh yeah. It came out. Well, it came, it, it dropped on the, uh, the 20th and then it was out until the second, but there were people dude that, that grind, man, they were grinding everything <laughs> just to learn everything about it. Um, and they put in just tons of hours. I was watching this so battle on uh, one of the forums between two people. They were, you know, one person talking shit about it, the other one not. And uh, it was just really getting ugly. And they were both saying, look, I've got hundreds of hours. I've got this many hours. And the other guy's like, oh, I got 200 and something. And I'm like, good God, you guys only playing this game? Is that all you're doing? Yeah, there's only 24 hours in a day. If you have Ex multiple hundreds. Dude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out of a... 10 day yeah, period. <laughs> exactly. But it's, uh, you know, I could see putting in like a hundred hours into the game, but, um, I only put in like maybe three hours, four hours. And That's I, realistic. I just didn't want to put anything crazy into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but speaking of you're trying to avoid spoilers, um, speaking of spoilers, um, if you're online and you don't want spoilers to the halo infinite campaign, I do know that Microsoft released a statement saying that the last patch that they did with the early access to the multiplayer had some spoilers in it for the campaign. And now if you think, what does the multiplayer have to do with the campaign? It has, it probably is like enemies or weapons were accidentally put into it that probably have to do with the story, but it could be worse. I don't honestly know what the spoilers are, but I'm just saying that be on the lookout if you see something now, hashtagged. One thing that I want to reiterate on what I just talked about, uh, some of the now some of the stuff that mm -hmm. I go into these forums and and watch what these people are saying, these are people that are still continuing to play the game after the uh, closed beta. These are people that were part of the alpha, and then were part of a group that 
was allowed to keep playing the game and give the developers feedback because there is a small amount of people that are still going to play it until the 31st, but everything gets wiped. Um, so there are people that do have hours in this game. It's just, unfortunately, we don't know if it's actually them that are speaking on these forums, you know. Um, I would just say that, uh, yeah, if you're looking at the game at all when it drops on the 31st, give it a give it your own shot. You know, don't listen too much to a lot of the negativity because it, it really is a beautiful game, though. But uh, there is a possibility that people have put hours into it, yes, because there are some testers that are still playing. I didn't want to yeah, sound and, like I was calling somebody a liar. And a game like that only has room to improve, <laughs> you know? What's that? A game like that only has room to improve is what I was saying. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And that's exactly what they're doing. Every time they turn around, they're making another improvement to the game. And it's uh, I'm watching the community site on uh, Steam just to to see what people are saying. And now it's kind of turning into the positive. So, yeah. And with a lot of people that are actually leaving World of Warcraft, some big, big streamers, I could see New World uh, being the place that these guys go. Yeah, and I was about to say, um, we're comparing it to World of Warcraft, and that's a game that has had over 20 years. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to get to where it is today. Almost. Yeah. And so two, to complain about New yeah. World having minor issues when they could fix it in a month, or you have no clue what this game could do in two years, not 20 years, but two years, where could this game be? And I feel like there's a lot of. Um, improvement that could be made once it's actually out oh, yeah. there because they're getting there will immediately get a much larger audience of feedback it's no longer going to be a small group of testers giving them feedback they're going to get feedback from a casual gamer. oh yeah yeah you know and then they can actually adapt stuff to all that dude i took the um, survey I, every chance i got when i was playing the game every chance because mm -hmm. i didn't play you know for yeah, it was probably more than four hours because there was times when I was on for four hours. But I didn't play for, you know, just, you know, like I said, grinding through or whatnot. I was actually trying to see, you know, what was up with the game. And there really wasn't much that I could tell that was wrong with it. But I'm not an experienced, you know, coder or whatever programmer or any of that. You know, I don't know any <laughs> of that kind of extra stuff that they'll be looking for. But um <laughs> Yeah, I was looking at mostly quality of life stuff <laughs> and things like that. And the improvements yeah. on this game compared to other games are just, it's next level. It's I mean, just it's the just, way you're talking about it when you said you're not a coder and you don't see that. I'm just like envisioning coders when they play video games. Like basically in front of the video game is like the Matrix. <laughs> oh, no, you know what I mean, though, dude. They they, they know glitches to look for, man. I don't, you know. Right. But it's just it's a funny idea that if they see something in a game, like a little bitty glitch, like they're seeing all the code, like <laughs> that, go would across kinda, their <laughs> that would be kind of funny. But uh, that being said, I was also going to add that. Uh, it's impeccable timing if they're trying to compete with World of Warcraft. Yes. We're not going to talk about it on this episode because no, no, there's no. actively new stuff coming out about the Blizzard lawsuit, which you've probably already heard about. Uh, we are going to talk about it either next week or the week after when um, at least there's just so much information on out. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we need to but get that being all said, the we are going to say that together. there are protests within Blizzard oh, games, yeah. uh, especially World of Warcraft. Walkouts. Yeah. 
you may say things like, oh, well, why don't people stop playing the game? The thing is, they've already paid for six months. So, like, what's the point? Use the platform to protest. But anyway, uh, there could be a lot of people moving True. to New World. And yeah. uh, that's, <laughs> I could see Amazon just like twiddling their fingers, like, you know, like the uh, little, <laughs> they're like basically sitting in the corner thinking, oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's impeccable timing and i wonder what it will do for the uh future of new world if we can cite this as an event that basically launched the game into a slow start and a massive start we'll see in a couple of weeks though we need if, a new uh, we need a new hippie song the day that azeroth died right that's pretty much it <laughs> Yeah, I, I I am interested with what's going to happen when everything calms down. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll talk about more of that in a couple of yeah. weeks because yeah. there's just so many stories and so many allegations, and we want to get our facts straight. So, uh, without further ado, I think we can head on to the news. Sure. Okay, so I have three really quick stories to talk about. Maybe four. I think I have four. Um, the first one is that Forza 7, which I've been meaning to go buy this game. Forza 7 is being delisted September 15. And there's a lot. There's not a lot to talk about with this. But uh, n- number one is, if you don't know what delisting is, it's when the game is no longer available in the Microsoft Store. But if you already own it, you can download it and you can play whenever you want. Uh, physical copies obviously will still be valid um, and uh, the price of the physical copies will probably go up once it's delisted it's one of those things that happens but the second point is that Forza games are race car games and it's not surprising as being delisted there have been plenty of Forza games to be delisted and uh, many car games to be delisted because of all the licensing with different car companies and even music there's a lot of licensing with music so um, not surprising that it's being delisted. Um, point number three is the surprising part, which is that usually when Forza games are delisted, uh, the next one in the series is up. In this case, Forza 7 is part of the um, more realistic racing side of Forza, unlike Horizon, which is a lot more playground kind of interesting vehicles and off-road stuff. Uh, Forza the main line is uh, a lot more of a simulation game and Forza eight has not come out and this one's already being delisted, which means that there's going to be a period of time where you can't officially buy this line of Forza, which is a pretty big title for Microsoft. Um, you won't be able to buy it digitally. So that is interesting. This is being delisted before the follow-up comes out. And the reason that the follow-up hasn't come out is that they're switching to a new version of the Forza engine uh, and it's supposedly the same engine that Fable is going to be running on. It's a pretty big Microsoft engine. And um, we do have Horizon. Forza Horizon is coming out later this year. And uh, so that could kind of fill the gap. But it's not a part of this series. 
And uh, so, so that does make it interesting in the fact that they don't actually have a replacement game for this once it gets delisted. Uh, usually we hear about uh, Forza games being delisted that are like two or three games back, but this one is the current Forza. <laughs> so that's really weird. It's the current entry into the series is being delisted. But you can pick it up for, I believe, $10 in the Microsoft Store right now. So they've put it on a pretty good sale so that people can get their hands on it before it gets delisted. I think that's pretty cool. I think they have a $20 version with all of the DLC. So you can check that out too. Um, but yeah, it's being delisted on September 15th, if I didn't already say the date on that. So you have basically all of August and half of September to pick it up if you haven't. And... Um, yeah, that's all the news on that. So it, it's interesting. So it's also being removed from Game Pass. I didn't say that, but um, I think that was when people first noticed that there was something up with it is when they announced that it was being removed from Game Pass. And you're like, it's a Microsoft title. Why is it being removed? Well, licensing. <laughs> um, the next thing in news I have is that Pokemon Snap is going to be releasing updates uh, August 3rd. It's going to have, I guess that already happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> they already released updates. There's two new areas and there are 20 new Pokemon in the game. And what's really cool about this update is that it's completely free. Um, usually Nintendo is all about paid DLC, mm -hmm. but this is a free update to Pokemon Snap. And a lot of people are thinking that Pokemon Snap wasn't necessarily a small game. Um, it isn't that it was too short. And it wasn't that it wasn't replayable. It's that once people kind of played the game, it kind of left the news. And a lot of people are thinking that they're throwing out these free updates for the game to keep it relevant into the holiday season. Basically, keep people talking about Pokemon Snap until December. That way they can get Christmas sales. And that seems more like a Pokemon Company move, uh, more than a Nintendo move. Uh, Pokemon Company does do a lot of not trickery. They do a lot of intelligent planning of DLC to keep games relevant. And they're really good at it. So a move like this is... Uh, it's interesting. I'm wondering if they already had all this stuff made and they just held it back for Pokemon Snap just to have a free update. Basically space out the content that they were giving people. Um, I... I actually kind of think that. I really doubt that they're working on new Pokemon Snap material while they're also working on like four other Pokemon games. <laughs> there's supposed to be one coming out in January, I believe, and December. And um, there's also a team that's actively working on like Pokemon Unite and stuff. Um, so yeah, that that's crazy. I think that they probably had extra stuff that they held back. And there may have been talk about paying for DLC, but they may have made the ultimate decision to split up all the extra stuff they had and make it like seasonal updates. So uh, that's cool that it's free. And if you have Pokemon Snap already, you can go check out two new areas and 20 new Pokemon. Uh, my next piece of news is also Nintendo related. And this one is really funny because we've already talked about how Nintendo wants to get out of the cell phone game business because they tried it for a little while and it just never really worked out for them. They uh, tried several different strategies too. Um, they tried first with Mario Run to have a paid game and people basically didn't like the fact that they had to pay for the game. Uh, they thought that all cell phone games that were good needed to be free 
Hmm. But Nintendo wanted to make a game that didn't have microtransactions and didn't have ads. They thought it was smart for their company's like uh, image to release a game that was just paid for and it had a demo. And uh, it had such a negative response. It still sold pretty good. But it had such a negative response because of the fact that they made people pay for it. They then tried to basically copy what other companies were doing and have gotcha mechanics and basically release a free game that had in-game purchases. And then people reacted to that exactly probably how Nintendo thought they would, which was uh, people thought that it was kind of ugly on Nintendo's account to be trying to force people to make like subscription purchases to like premium premium currency in games and stuff like that. So like nobody liked when they had to pay for the game and they also didn't like when it was free. So um, I don't know. You just can't win with cell phone games with Nintendo. And maybe they see that as like the, the ultimate thing is that their company and brand does not fit with cell phone games. Because they're seeing all these other games being made and making billions of dollars on cell phones. And they're seeing that they are a legitimate company that makes portable games. And it makes sense for them to enter that market and be kings of it. The thing is, they are not kings of it. And I think they've realized that their branding just doesn't match with what cell phones have to do to get people's money. And I'm glad that they've made the choice to not make their company worse. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. They've made the choice to leave the focus on cell phone games and just focus on the Switch. And um, that's all leading up to the fact that they put out an announcement that the Dr. Mario mobile game, um, I think it was called Dr. Mario World, it will be closing November 1st. They're basically saying that you could no longer purchase premium currency in it and it's not going to be available. And it's really interesting because I believe Dr. Mario World is like one of the newest titles that they've put on cell phones. So that is interesting. Um, I remember we talked about it when it was first coming out, and then nobody talked about it. And I hadn't heard about it in a while, and I guess that's why they're closing it. But um, there was also a Legend of Zelda game I remember they were rumoring was going to come to iOS and Android. And I bet they pulled the plug on that because they were already seeing the end of their development of cell phone games. And I think that the only reason that they wanted cell phone games was before the Switch came out, they had consoles and they had handhelds. And when the Switch came out and made the console and handheld the same thing, they thought, I guess, that they had the resources to focus on cell phones because they no longer had to work on two different systems. And... I guess ultimately they had to come to the realization that they have to still combine the console and handheld industries that they were in because they made a hybrid system. And I don't know. It's It was always kind of icky when you downloaded a Nintendo title on a cell phone and saw all the in-game purchases and stuff. It felt kind of weird. It felt kind of like Nintendo was like doing something that wasn't wasn't characteristic of them. Nintendo would rather sell you a $60 game that's only worth $30 than sell you a free game and then try to get $100 out of you within a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's always been their strategy. I think people are okay with that for the most part. They like quality titles with no hidden agendas. And I think the cell phone games scream hidden agendas. <laughs> 
And I think it's good that they're moving away from it. I feel like Dr. Mario, they could just leave it up though and just like make it free to play and lose all the gotcha mechanics in it. But I guess there's too many legal issues with that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a decent game. It's basically just um, Tetris, you know, with Dr. Mario. If you ever played Dr. Mario, it's it's a pretty fun game. So yeah, yeah. it is disappointing that the Dr. Mario title is being removed from iOS and Android. But I mean, if it means that they're moving away from cell phones, I think it's cool. <laughs> the last piece of news I have, it's going to be really quick. It's about the fact that the Xbox Series XS is the fastest selling Microsoft console ever. And that surprised me a lot. So because in my in my mind, the history of Xbox is when they released the original Xbox, they were the underdog. It was their first console from Microsoft. PlayStation was on their second, and PlayStation PlayStation had just like blown people away with the PlayStation 1. PlayStation 2 was coming out with the DVD player. It was huge. Uh, the GameCube was like number four console for Nintendo. And when the Xbox came out, you just assumed it was going to undersell because it was the new kid on the playground. Um, so then when the Xbox 360 came out and it outsold the PS3, I assumed that the 360 was going to be the fastest selling Xbox console basically ever because it had introduced so much stuff and it just dominated that generation. Um, and then the Xbox One, we all know, had such a failed launch with bad pricing and the fact that the Kinect uh, was always on, the fact that... At the time, people were not happy about the fact that it always had to be connected to the internet, which is not that big of a deal anymore. Um, the fact that it was always, it was only bundled with the Connect 2. Uh, There's so many things that made it launch bad. It was also, I believe, more expensive than the PS4. So basically, PlayStation just had a better launch and then ended up taking back the gaming industry to the point at which, with social media, I believe, um, I believe heavily with social media, <laughs> the PS4 uh, outselling the Xbox one turned into this kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, it was a very violent, chaotic. What is the word? It's an unhealthy, <laughs> it's an unhealthy relationship between PS4 owners and Xbox one owners. It turned into this thing where, uh, you're like pressured to buy a PS4 basically because of the ridicule you would receive for getting an Xbox One. So I assume the Xbox One was probably the worst launch, maybe even worse than the original Xbox in my brain. And I assume that the work that they put in to fix the Xbox, the good marketing they did, all the developers they purchased, I figured that even with all of that done, even with the strength of Game Pass, that the Xbox Series XS would probably be the second best launch that they've had because I feel like they worked really hard to improve what they did bad with the Xbox One. But I still didn't think that they could get back to where the 360 was. So to hear that it outsold every other one, every other generation as the fastest selling, basically, maybe not. it's not lifetime yet. It's just the fastest selling, meaning within the first six months, how much it sold. And... um I do have some numbers and it's pretty crazy. So the original um, Xbox. Where is it? <laughs> I guess I don't have numbers on that, but I guess the original Xbox probably wasn't even in the millions, I would assume. But the 360 sold 5 million 
and the Xbox One sold 5.7 million. And now the XS has sold 6.5 million, which is crazy. And um, I'm wondering if that has mostly to do with the fact that the gaming industry has just expanded because those numbers are just going up. And I don't feel like Microsoft right now has the supply to meet the demand. I feel like the XS could be selling even more, which is crazy <laughs> that it's already like a million above both of those other launches. And it's just crazy because they're not only doing that, but they're also holding back production because they're trying to put a bunch of their chips into their blades for their servers for uh, xCloud and it's just it's turning into this are they making the right choices and you kind of just have to trust them as investors and hope that they're making the right choice to expand their cloud gaming while they're losing sales of consoles it's it's really interesting because they have to make that choice at some point to basically keep their cloud gaming competitive with other companies that are about to enter the same field you know and at the same time, they're trying to keep the sales up of their console that is always sold out. So I don't know. It's it's really interesting to think about. I'm very surprised that it is the fastest selling Xbox ever. That's crazy. <laughs> because I don't I don't know many people with one. So I think that's crazy, you know. <laughs> but that being said, that's my last piece of news and I'll just uh I'll just hand it off to you. Right on. Um not really too much either on my end. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about real quick was uh, Diablo Immortal. Uh, it's the uh, mobile spinoff uh, that Diablo has. Um, basically, they just got back, uh, just got done with its technical alpha, and it's going to be delayed again until the first half of 2022. A lot of people are speculating it has to do with what we said earlier, uh, with the uh, lawsuits and whatnot. Um and, you know, they may not have people to actually work on it right now. So uh, that could be what it is. However, um, they did come out with a release and said that it is now planned for release in the first half of 2022, which will allow us to add substantial improvements to the whole game. Um, they said that they are going to make uh, PvP content like the Cycle of Strife more accessible mm -hmm. and PvE content like the Heliquary more engaging. And uh, it's also going to be getting uh, controller support. Um, they said that all of these changes are going to be implemented in the future as they plan for their next beta testing milestone. Now, some of the changes that they're talking about, like I said, the uh, Heliquary system now has a PvE raid for up to eight players. Uh, bounties are being tweaked to be more engaging and fruitful. And mm -hmm. um, uh, challenge rifts will ex reward exclusive upgrade materials that'll make them, you know, so you're going to want to do them. It makes them worthwhile. Uh, the PvP Battleground uh, is going to get a huge uh, overhaul with matchmaking, rankings, balance, all that stuff. Um, all sorts of battle-defining uh, elements that are going to be happening. And um, they are going to be uh, replacing the weekly XP cap with a global cap that will increase over time. So it sounds like they're doing some pretty cool changes. And from everything that I've heard, a lot of people love playing this game. Uh, they say it's a really fun game to play on a phone. So might be something to look into. Uh, maybe not. Just depends. You know, we'll have to see what all happens and if it actually does come out with everything that's happening right now. So that's just a little bit on that. Uh, another thing that I want to talk about, I've been playing a lot of PGA Tour 2K21. 
Um, I actually just beat it. Uh, yeah, I saw you on it the other day. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's actually the first game that I've played all the way through. Um, so I played the entire season and um, did really good, won the uh, uh, championship and all that stuff. So it was kind of cool. Um, good game to play, but I'm looking forward to getting onto some online societies and playing against actual people. Uh, and one of the things that they're doing right now, this starts at 11 a.m. our time. Uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern. And 2K Sports is holding a charity drive. It's going to be live uh, to benefit the St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital um, through PGA Tour 2K21. It is called the Golf for F-O-R-E, Good Event. The Golf for Good Event. And uh, it takes place today, like I said, August 4th. Uh, starts at 1, uh, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. And it wraps up at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 2K's own Good Game Bro will appear on the stream. And also there is the USO Gaming Ambassador and Purple Heart recipient, The Pool Shark, is going to be on there. And also uh, plenty of other guests they are saying, but not exactly releasing all the names. But uh, yeah, it's only for a few hours. They're looking to raise uh, $5,000 for St. Jude, which is really a doable amount. Um, but if you get a chance, go check it out, guys. It's going to be really cool. It's through uh, 2K Sports. Uh, which I imagine it's probably going to be streamed on Twitch. Uh, you can check out their Twitter page at PGA Tour 2K and uh, get more information on it. But yeah, man, you got to go check it out. Actually, it's going to be on face, uh, Facebook, uh, Good Game Bro on Facebook. So uh, you can check it out there. But anyway, great idea for a charity. This is actually something I was thinking about doing for uh, No Kid Hungry um, because you can actually create your own course in the game. So I was thinking about making a really difficult course and, uh, you know, buying like three or four games to give away as prizes and some T-shirts and stuff and then having people buy in and all that money goes to charity, goes to uh, No Kid Hungry. So that's, you know, stuff like that that you can do with these games that are really cool and uh, good ideas to raise money. Uh, last thing that I wanted to talk yeah. about was uh elder scrolls there's some former developers um that uh left they were the leads on the elder scrolls arena and daggerfall ted peterson and julian lafay and they just went to a uh they had found a new studio they started it called once lost games and uh people have been waiting to hear what they're going to do um they said that they were working on a new <laughs> rpg uh, this was back in 2019 and they didn't have any details, but then, you know, the other day they decided to say that, hey, we are announcing a game called The Wayward Realms, which is a single player open world fantasy RPG. Now, I'm going to be playing a lot of the new world, but this game is completely different and uh, I might actually put some time into this. Uh, like I said, it's a single player RPG and it's an open world environment. And uh, the Wayward Way I'm sorry the Wayward Realms is set on a group of over 100 realistically scaled islands known collectively as the Archipelago, where scores of factions vie for influence and power. Kingdoms strive to maintain their dominance. Upstarts seek to earn a place at the top, and dynasties set general generational plots into motion. And should the player earn a position of prominence, they may change the course of history. So basically, there's over 100 scale-sized islands. There are thousands and thousands of NPCs. Um, 
it's 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 insane. It's they say there's all sorts of stuff in this game. There's so much that it's it's like thousands of hours of gameplay, uh, but it, it looks absolutely amazing. I'm looking at a screenshot, and if this is what this game's gonna look like, it's gonna be crazy beautiful, man. Crazy beautiful. I have a pretty good PC. Um, I'm able to run a majority of the games at ultra settings. I don't think it'll be able to run this one at ultra. Uh, from from the screenshot I'm looking at, this just looks amazing. It's also a procedurally generated world, and I don't know if uh, a lot of people are familiar with uh, what that is, but it, they're really starting to take off with this uh, with procedurally generated worlds right now, where it, it, they're just able to build more expansive and detailed worlds using this system because it doesn't just it isn't just there, so everything's having to you know, load up and build right there. It just, it, it goes as you go along. And I think that that's a really great way that they've been doing things because it just, like I said, it just makes for huge, detailed, beautiful worlds that we're seeing, uh, like in the new world and like in this new one, uh, the Wayward Realms. So uh, yeah, if you get a chance to check it out, it's Once Lost Games. It's called the Wayward Realms. Go look at it online. It, if if you could find any of the other information, about it, there is a released uh, teaser trailer on YouTube, and it's uh, it's crazy beautiful, guys. It's crazy beautiful. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one coming out too. <laughs> Should be a lot of fun. But anyway, that's yeah. all I got, guys. That is all I got. Okay, cool. Um, I guess that's it for the show. But my closing thoughts are, since we're still not completely talking about all the details of that all <laughs> suit, um, what what if we the thing is, they have to release a Call of Duty this year. But what if they didn't? <laughs> Activision. I wonder how bad Activision stocks would be if they did not release a Call of Duty. Oh, dude. Of course, they're still promising it. There would be backlash. <laughs> there would probably be backlash from their community for that. That's crazy. But then the alternative is, what if they release a unfinished game? You know? And that's... Uh, but see, I think I think most of these companies are smart enough now to understand that, you know, where the where the failing in that comes from. You know what I mean? Uh, where we're doing that would just be an absolute mistake because we've seen it happen so many times over the past year and a half, two years where these great games that could that had huge potential shit on themselves by coming out too early. Because either the shareholders wanted their money or something, you know, what, whatever it had to deal with. But, uh, yeah, I could, it would just be a huge mistake to release it too early, man. It really would. I mean, they have to release a Call of Duty. I mean, you'd be shitting on your fans, man. You really would. Yeah. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like Call of Duty would make the choice to release less game modes before they chose to delay or release unfinished. Yeah. I feel like they may release a game with a couple of game modes that come out later, meaning it'll get just, you know, it'll get destroyed in reviews because people will say that there's no content. But I think they would make the choice to promise game modes being added rather than not release it. That's just the state we are in as a, you know, the the current state of gaming is where we are is 
that people will release things unfinished on time and promise added content rather than the idea of losing sales in a quarter. You know, that's just where we are. But yeah. yeah. Uh, that being said, I think that is it for our show. And um, I think there was some good news this week. And yeah. Of course, there's that glooming story that we're going to talk about <laughs> in a couple of weeks. But Oh, um, man, some horrible stuff came out. Ugh. It is rough. So, like, really when we is. do have that one, uh, maybe maybe don't listen to it on a day that you're, like, already in a bad mood because it's going to be rough. Or but, with a full <laughs> stomach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're making light of it because uh, it is a horrible situation and uh, I can't believe that shit like that actually still happens right now in light of everything. So, um, yeah. right. Yeah. They're it's, being put through just, their own me too movement right now. So, and it, they need and it. And the thing is, I don't really want to talk about it right now. Cause yeah, 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 about I got you, I got you. I'm sorry. Yeah. But the thing is, this isn't the first time that they've had it. No, it isn't. I feel like Activision Blizzard is always in the news for this. So, the fact that this is getting blown up is probably the best possible outcome. Yeah. But it's a shame what had to happen to get them to this point. You're right. <laughs> I feel like people who don't know what we're talking about are probably like, why don't they just tell us what's happening? But <laughs> just <laughs> we tune will. in next don't week. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it next week. We need to. Yeah. Okay. We need to. <laughs> okay. And uh, thank you for listening, and we will check you all next week. Love you guys. For more of the newest news in gaming.